What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Devin Davis on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Devin, I'm just going to toss it. You start wherever you'd like with your story. Great. So uh, I'll start with when my husband and I met. We actually met uh, in Australia. We're both from Ontario, Canada, but we went there to do our Masters of Teaching, and we just became really good friends and started dating. We were there for about a year. Um, and then Rob left. Uh, he had to go back home because um, he had some family issues. And I stayed a bit longer and then came back and I moved. Um, we continued our relationship and I moved to his hometown. And we moved in together, bought a house. And then Uh, We got married in 2017. So we were both working as supply teachers, or I think you call them substitute teachers in the States. Um, And it was a really unstable job. So we were just kind of like, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So we weren't really thinking of trying for a baby right away, just because our jobs were so unstable. Uh, We thought, you know, we'd put it off until, you know, one of us had a stable job. And it wasn't really happening. So anyway, about mid, so anyway, what I'm trying to say is it wasn't really on our mind to start trying right away. Um, So then about mid-November, I noticed I wasn't feeling well. And, you know, we're teachers, so we're exposed to so many germs anyway, but it was a little different. Um, I was getting nauseous in the morning around nine or 10 and really, really tired. So I would come home from work and fall asleep by about 8 p.m. And it was totally unusual for me. Um, It's not something I had ever experienced before. So I thought I was getting something major was wrong. Um, I didn't think of pregnancy though, because I got what I thought was a period. So I had like a little period, maybe three days long. It wasn't like my typical period. Um, It was a lot lighter with one kind of normal day, but I wouldn't even call it like a heavy bleed. So. I I thought I I was not pregnant, but I'd look up the symptoms from the sickness I had and everything would point to pregnancy. So it got to the point where I was so tired that I thought I have to go in to a walk-in clinic at least. So one day after work, I thought, well, I'll take, I'll just do a pregnancy test because I bet you they'll make me do that when I tell them what my symptoms are. So I got like, you know, one of the electron, like digital ones that would say like pregnant or not pregnant. I didn't want to deal with any of the lines. 
uh, squinting at a line or anything. So I did that after work. And of course, with those ones, you have to wait like the three minutes. And I heard it click and I looked at it and it said pregnant. And I was just absolutely shocked. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Um, by this time, it was pretty close to Christmas and we were we were all going to Florida, like all of Rob's family was going away to Florida because unfortunately his dad had passed away. So uh, we were just kind of going to get away for the holidays. Um, but because of this, we, we had felt really pressured to tell everyone. And between the time that I found out and the time that we left, we didn't, we tried to get in for an appointment, but um, we couldn't get in anywhere. It was just such short notice. And uh, yeah, we were just trying to process everything. I told Robin, we were just absolutely shocked. You know, you hear about people uh, like having a cute little surprise for their husband or whatever. And mine was basically like walking down the stairs with the positive pregnancy test, like, uh, like speechless. Uh, so that was pretty funny. But yeah, so uh, we were both kind of stressed about going away because we had to tell everyone and we weren't sure um, about what was happening at all with the pregnancy just because we hadn't been able to see anyone. So we told my parents um, and we told his parents and they're excited, you know, it was something positive that was happening after kind of a crappy year. Um, so they're excited. But while we were in Florida, I started spotting um, red blood and that really stressed me out. Um, I was pretty scared. I didn't want to have to go to the hospital in Florida. Um, but it, so it would come and go. Uh, so I just, I really tried to, you know, I'd Google it and, you know, it's so wishy-washy, like sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's really bad. So I just kind of tried to relax and have a good time and try to take my mind off of it. Um, and we made it back without any major like instances of bleeding or anything. Um, but then about a week after we came back, I was in a school and I noticed like I was having so much like brown discharge, just so much. And I was feeling really run down and bad. And I came home that night and I said to Rob, like, you know, I think I might be having a miscarriage, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I've just kind of like looked at, I've read a bunch online and it just kind of seems like it, but um, I don't know, what should we do? And we just kind of discussed it and we thought, well, just like go to bed tonight. If it gets worse in the morning, then we'll go and uh, to the emergency room and like try to figure it out. Um, so then I woke up in the morning and just, and I just started bleeding so heavily um, to the point where I couldn't get off the toilet. I was bleeding so much. I made Rob go out and get some pads for me, like some gigantic pads for me. It was, I just couldn't, I couldn't get off the toilet. 
it was horrible. Um, the bleeding subsided a little and I was able to like, go downstairs and I forced myself to eat a little bit. Um, and then he drove me to the hospital. So they took me in at emergency and just kind of put me in a room and I, you know, I waited and waited and waited. And then finally a doctor came with the oldest looking ultrasound machine ever. And uh, he, you know, did the ultrasound on me and he said, you know, I can't really see anything, um, but your, your blood work numbers are so high. Like this is kind of strange that I can't see anything. Um, but it, he said, well, it's a very old machine. <laughs> like, okay, great. Um, so he sent me for the transvaginal ultrasound. So I went down there after, you know, another hour or two of waiting and she did the transvaginal ultrasound and she was actually kind of talking to me, which now I think is kind of like, they're not supposed to do, but she was saying, you know, I can't really, see anything because there's so much blood and anyway they did that ultrasound and again it's waiting for the results and they took me into a room and said um, you know you have an ectopic pregnancy and it hasn't ruptured yet but it's going to soon so we have to send you to another hospital where you're going to have to go in for an emergency surgery to remove the tube. Uh, it's very serious. Like, and we were just shocked. And they're pressing on my uh, my lower stomach. And he's like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And saying, no, like, I don't feel any pain besides, like, the cramping. Uh, so... I was a little confused because from everything I've read about ectopic pregnancy, it's very painful on one side and I was having none of that pain, but of course I'm trusting the medical professionals. So we are sent over to the other hospital, um, you know, put in their emergency room kind of area, waiting for surgery. Um, we had been at the hospital at this point from about 7.30 in the morning and it was probably about 11 p.m. So, you know, Rob had had to go back to our house and take care of our dog and all of that. Um, and you could tell he was, oh, well, I was worried and he was really worried as well because it had gone from like, okay, going into the hospital to all of a sudden, hey, you're going to have to have this surgery. And if you don't, it could be really bad. So we were pretty scared. Um, I ended up going down for surgery at about two in the morning, I think. And when I woke up, the head surgeon was there and she said, well, it was really the best outcome possible because you didn't have an ectopic pregnancy. Like when I went in, your tubes were totally clear. Um, so we performed a DNC. And at the time, I was just, I was really shocked. I was, I guess, relieved that I didn't have to lose a tube, although, you know, they say it doesn't really affect your fertility. But 
uh, I think I was more relieved reflecting on it. I really should have pushed for some sort of explanation for how they came to diagnose me with this when it clearly wasn't the case. And I, you know, I had to have a more, like a larger surgery than was necessary. Um, and after everything, um, just in terms of how I was feeling, I just felt so horrible. I felt like a huge, like, I don't know, hormone drop or just like a terrible, like terrible feelings after I just was sobbing every day. Uh, you know, I'd ask Rob, like, will I ever feel happy again? Like, I don't know uh, if I will. Uh, he was he was really great though. He's like, of course you will. <laughs> um, we we worked through it together, but for me it was very traumatic and difficult to get over. Uh, fortunately, at that time, uh, you know, we were able to go away on a trip and just kind of clear our minds and you know try to try to process through it. But I I really feel looking back that I didn't really deal with all the feelings around um, what had happened. Um, anyway, uh, with time, you know, I started to feel better. We ended up moving to a new city. We left uh, the teaching profession and uh, got different jobs that were full-time. Um, so this was about a year later that we made this move. Um, and we made the decision about six months after our move um, to start trying again. So um, in February of this year, uh, I got a positive test. Um, and of course, it, I got the positive about two days before we were leaving on a trip to go to California and Las Vegas. So great timing again. Uh, again, no real chance to get in anywhere and at that point um it was you know would have been uh the first positive so i would have only been like three or four weeks so there's not really much oh well, i felt there was not really much could do at um a clinic or anything so um i just thought this is i was excited but i just thought this is the worst timing again you know, we have to go on another trip where, uh, you know, should I tell my parents, oh, we were seeing my parents um, on this trip. So like, should I tell my parents or just, I don't know. Um, but with this one, what I noticed, and I had read so much between my first miscarriage and this pregnancy, I had read so much about it. So um I knew all about the line darkness and the chemical pregnancies and all that. So with this one, I kind of knew that it was a chemical. The, the first test I took, the line was very, very light. Um, and over the few days that we were at home before the trip, um, it wasn't getting darker. And I had taken a ton of the cheap little um, pregnancy tests on the trip with us. Um, but when we got off the plane uh, in San Diego, I was bleeding quite a bit. So it was just the worst timing. Um, I kept taking the pregnancy tests 
and the line would kind of some days you know it would be a little darker and then it would totally disappear so I was pretty convinced you know this is a chemical pregnancy and it was a tough it was tough to be on um, a trip like this because it was kind of our winter trip we had planned on it for a while and I didn't want to ruin Rob's trip or you know worry my parents so I really tried my best to uh, really pretend like I was having fun and all that I did have some fun but really in the back of my mind I was just really upset and worrying about everything and I was kind of bleeding on and off like it would start a little bit and it would go away so I really didn't know what was going on um we got home so we were away for about 10 days and the day we got home I started bleeding heavily so I went to the hospital and this was just before um everything with COVID happened so Rob was able to come with me so that was good but they they confirmed there that it was an early miscarriage um and I had to go back multiple times just to make sure my numbers went to zero or below um the last time I was there was when you know they started saying nobody can come in with you and the nurse talked to me and she she really urged me to keep trying she said you know you should keep trying, but in the meantime, um, I'll get you a list of um, clinics that will uh, give you a referral to a fertility clinic, and they will absolutely give you this referral. So, you know, I left the hospital with that. That I felt good about, but I was just so devastated again. You know, I had kind of known that this was, this one was going to be a miscarriage or a chemical pregnancy, but I was just really starting to feel really badly about myself. Um, you know, like feelings of like, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why does this keep happening? I was just so upset. And at that point, I really, didn't I wasn't in the the mind frame to pursue um you know the fertility doctor I think we just kind of decided we're we're just gonna chill on this for a bit like I need to just you know work through it and try to you know just try to feel better about myself and then maybe we can start thinking about getting referred to a fertility clinic. Um, so we, we had that little window of time where things were still open. So we were able to go um, to Toronto and see Hamilton and have a really good weekend. Um, and, you know, we went out a few times for dinner. Uh, nothing like really getting away or anything, but we just, we had a good time, um, but then for some reason, about the end of March, I thought, you know, I'm just going to take a pregnancy test. I was feeling a little 
a little like symptomy like a bit bloated and sore boobs and that kind of thing so I thought you know I'll just take one I didn't we weren't really trying or anything but I thought well I'll just try I don't know what I was thinking but anyway after I took it the line on the pregnancy test was just so strong like it was a definite like positive pregnancy test and at this point I was just I wasn't even excited I guess I and I was pretty nervous by this point it was the end of March so everything had just shut down and you know all of the the clinics the walk-in clinics and those kind of things were shut down too and just doing the video calls or um by call appointments so i was a little nervous scared um just thinking this is the worst timing and it feels like it's like every time with me is just the worst timing but with this pregnancy um you know my symptoms were really strong i had i had bad morning sickness i was tired i was bloated my boobs were sore like i didn't really have any spotting or anything i had one instance of spotting around week 5 um but it went away it was barely anything and it went away um so i i was cautiously optimistic i thought you know what maybe this is our rainbow baby like finally you know it it worked um and this is going to be it like i kind of as the weeks went by i kind of let myself think that a little more um as yeah as each week passed so um when i was about 10 weeks we were thinking okay we have to get in for an appointment because nobody was really um it was just kind of the video call so we thought okay we have to get in for an appointment and make sure everything's okay and on that saturday of that week i started bleeding some red blood just a little bit um and of course i just freaked out i was just you know, I, my mind immediately goes to the worst case scenario. So um, I had to call uh, like a walk-in clinic type of place and they set up a time with the doctor to call me and he just, he called me and just asked me like what was happening. So I told him and he just kind of said like, well, he asked me, is it getting worse? And it wasn't. So um he just said you know just monitor it and it's basically what i thought he would say just monitor it if it get worse if it gets worse go to the emergency room so it did go away that day and i was feeling a bit better and i honestly i just chilled i laid in a chair and just kind of watched tv all day um and then at a i was getting ready for bed and I went to the washroom and started bleeding um, heavily. It was like I was 
peeing blood. It was so much and it just wasn't stopping. And it didn't, it was, it felt a little like my first miscarriage, like the, the blood coming from that. Um, like you couldn't stop it, but it felt a little different. It was like, really felt like I was peeing this blood out and it was not stopping. So I was just freaking out. And of course, like Rob can't come to the hospital with me. So uh, we drove over there together and uh, I checked in. And now at this point, there's like a big um, ordeal to get checked in. So the girls stopped me outside and of course they ask you why you're there and you have to tell them. And she said, just ask inside if he can come in, you know, I can't say that they'll let you, but they might, uh, which was really nice of her. But of course, they didn't let him come in. So I had to go by myself and check in and everything. I guess the one positive was that um, because of COVID, there was nobody in the emergency room. So um, I was there and into a room within like five minutes of arriving and getting my blood work done and everything. Uh, so, you know, at this point I was just sad. I wasn't even crying. I was just so listless and, you know, just again, of course this is happening again. So I'm in the room waiting for the doctor and he comes in and he actually had one of the portable ultrasounds. Um, so he, um, you know, put it on my stomach and he's, he's like, I'll show it to you no matter what. And he showed it to me and he's like, well, you know, there's a fetus there and it has a heartbeat. And I was just blown away. It was like, what? Like I had absolutely no idea that that's what I would see. I was expecting to see either nothing like before or, you know, something without a heartbeat. Um, so I was just absolutely blown away and I'm so happy that I did get to see that. Um, so he said, you know, uh, we'll have to do a pelvic exam um, and some more blood work and just try to figure out where the bleeding is coming from. So he did the pelvic exam and that was really painful, unfortunately. Um, and then he said to me, you know, it looks like your cervix is not open, but not closed. And he said, you know, if I had to predict, unfortunately, I would have to predict that this would end in a miscarriage, but um, we'll run your number, you know, your blood work, and we'll see where to go from there. Uh, so he, I waited again, you know, I was there until about 2am, I think at about quarter to two, he came back with the blood work. And he said, um, you know, I booked you in for an ultrasound this morning. Uh, and they'll be able to tell you definitively, um, you know, what's going on, and you'll be able to get some answers. And then he, he was a great doctor. He was really like, you know, ask them there to refer you to somebody. Like, don't just, don't just leave um, with the result. Um, really advocate for yourself. So I, I really appreciated him. He was awesome. Um, he was like, this shouldn't keep happening to you. Like, you need to figure out what's going on. And um, 
he just said, like, absolutely, one of my colleagues will refer you to a fertility clinic if that's what you want. So, you know, I left feeling pretty empowered, I guess. Um, and I got home at about 2.30, went to bed and then was up again in the morning to go in for the ultrasound. So, you know, I had prepared, kind of prepared myself um, just for the bad news at this point. So I went in, you know, I'm having a miscarriage. It's going to be okay. You know, just trying to pump myself up for that um, because, of course, I'm going alone again. So I do the ultrasound and it was pretty painful um, to be honest she pressed really hard and I was still bleeding it was just it's just an awful situation so I had to go back to emerge to get the results and waited there for a bit but it was pretty fast actually and the doctor came over and she said okay so I looked at your ultrasound you have um you know, a live fetus, it's 11 weeks and six days. Um, that's how we've dated it. But you do have a large, and I'm going to butcher this, um, subchorionic hematoma. Um, it's like very large, and it's taking up quite a bit of uh, space. And that's what was causing all the bleeding. And I was just, again, blown away. Like I had, I, I absolutely did not think that that's the way that it would go. I thought um, I would be scheduling a DNC here. I didn't think that I had, yeah, I just, like, I'm speechless now. It was just, like, unbelievable to me that that was the result, that, like, something was actually, might work out for once. And she said, you know, they usually reabsorb. Um, sometimes they bleed a lot. You will bleed a lot again, she told me. So don't be too worried about that. Um, come back if you have like any major bleeding. But that was so hard to compare because I had been majorly bleeding. So anyway, um, Rob came and picked me up. Um, you know, and he was ready to hear that it was another miscarriage. But then I told him, no, it's actually okay, maybe. Um, <laughs> so the doctor um, who looked at the ultrasound, she referred me to an OB. So they were going to call me, uh, is what they told me at the hospital. So we went home and we just kind of had like a really big lunch. We were so exhausted. Um, and then that afternoon, I started to feel really crampy, um, like a bad back pain, and I started bleeding again. And this time, I was passing like some clots, um, some very large, large clots. Um, and Rob had to go out again and get me some gigantic pads, <laughs> poor guy. Um, and this was actually um, a holiday in Canada. So everything was closed. So he had to go to the, you know, the convenience store and they just have the worst products. <laughs> That's just an aside. But anyway, um, yeah, I was bleeding so much. Um, I 
reflecting on it, I guess I knew I was probably miscarrying at that point, but I really wanted to believe that it was just the, uh, the hematoma kind of bleeding out. Um, and I, so I bled all afternoon and I, I guess I really should have gone back to the hospital, but I, I powered through it at home um, and went to bed and then the bleeding had kind of let up. Um, but yeah, it was another, it was like my first miscarriage where I just couldn't leave the toilet. I was just bleeding so much. And I remember telling Rob, like, if this one works out, I am never doing this again. Um, oh, I, it was just, and I, I was in a bit of pain at this point, just cr like really bad cramps. So yeah, I really should have gone back to the hospital, but I guess I just didn't want to believe what was happening was really happening. So the bleeding stopped and a week went by and another week and the OB's office finally called me to set up an appointment. So I went in and uh, he was a really nice guy and he, but he just started to tell me the whole thing about like, this is how I deliver babies and blah, blah. So he got into his whole spiel and I'm sitting there like, look, I really just want to know that my baby's okay. Like I don't, <laughs> I'd rather do the heartbeat thing first and then listen to you. Um, but okay. <laughs> so I listened to his whole thing. We went through like all my um, medical history and Rob's medical history because of course he can't come to the appointments um, so then he has me lay on the table and he gets the Doppler out and he can't find the heartbeat and immediately I knew it was bad news and he he's telling me no you know don't don't worry right away um, it's not always like sometimes it takes a little time so he and he you know, props to him. He really tried to find the heartbeat for me. Um, he spent a lot of time, you know, trying to, uh, yeah, try, trying to calm me down. I wasn't totally freaking out, but I just had the worst feeling. Um, so then he says, well, you know, I hear something in there. Um, so I think it's just moving too much and I can't pinpoint, you know, where it is. Um, but yeah, he said, okay, so you'll have to schedule and he didn't have an ultrasound machine there, which kind of uh, is strange to me, but they didn't have an ultrasound machine there. So they couldn't show me right away. So he said, you're going to have to book an ultrasound and this and the blood work um, as soon as possible, because by this point, we're getting out of the, um, the testing, um, kind of stage. So you have to get the test done as soon as the ultrasound done as soon as possible. So I was able to find one for the next day, which was very difficult, um, to book. Uh, so anyway, I went the next day and I, well, sorry to back up. I had come home from that, meeting just devastated just I cried all the way home and I guess I basically knew and Rob was really good he was saying you know he did say he heard something like try not to focus on the negative aspect of it try to focus on the positive so I did try to focus on the positive but 
I was really just like, you know, I, I knew. Um, so then I went to the ultrasound the next day and the ultrasound technician was so bad. Oh, he, I got on the table and he put it, the ultrasound, uh, like the Doppler thing on me. And he's like, are you sure you're prick? And he stopped himself and yeah, of course, then it was confirmed. So I just, I, he like took two pictures, sent it to the OB and then another like drive home by myself, just so upset. Um, At that point I was just devastated because it had been such a roller coaster. Like it had been, you know, good. Everything's looking good to, bleeding and miscarrying but then it's okay and uh, it was just this has been the really the worst um experience I've had and it was very difficult and it has been difficult to recover from um fortunately that OB he referred me to a fertility clinic so Rob and I finished the testing about two weeks ago so we're just waiting on the results of that um but yeah emotionally it's been a very difficult time for me i did start um seeing a counselor and so that has really helped a lot and she specializes in um fertility pregnancy loss and um pregnancy after uh loss so i found that it's been very helpful to talk to her. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at right now, just waiting on um, our results to see where to go next. Um, for a while, I didn't really, I don't know, I wasn't really in the mind frame to even think about trying again, but as the months go on, so that loss was in May. So as the months go on, um, you know, I've been feeling a bit better and a bit more positive. And, you know, the more you talk to a counselor, other people who've experienced the same thing, um, the better I start to feel about trying again. And we've been fortunate that we have like a family cottage that we're able to go to. So we are able to get away and just clear our minds and, you know, have some fun even with everything with COVID going on. Um, So yeah, that's my story. And that's where we are right now with it. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing this morning. I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? I think that, um, you know, it's okay to be to feel different and to be different after everything you've experienced. Like you don't have to, you know, pretend to put on this happy face and that everything's normal. It's okay. Like you might be a different person after going through everything and that's okay. You know, it'll, it'll make you uh, stronger and a different person, but you just, you can grow from this experience. And so also, true. Yeah. Oh, and also yeah, seek ahead. counseling. Seek counseling if you want to. Like it's a great way to talk to somebody who understand and especially if you can find a counselor or a therapist who deals with um fertility and loss. It's a great way to, you know, 
talk to somebody who really understands what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love the advice of like, it's okay to feel different than you were before, because I think that that's, you kind of like mourn the loss of yourself too. Oh, you do. Sure. You change. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. No. <laughs> and I've never heard anybody give that advice. I don't think so. I, oh, I actually okay. really enjoyed that. So thank you Good. for that. Um, <laughs> if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? So I think Instagram is best. I'm at D Devin Davis. It's my full name. I was an early adopter. So uh, just yeah, Devin Davis on Instagram and absolutely an early adopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, absolutely reach out to me. I'm more than happy to uh, talk to somebody, to listen to somebody, anything you want to message me. I'm totally open. Great. And I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode as well so that it's easy for people to connect with you. So thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. It's going to help so many people and good luck moving forward. You'll have to keep us posted. I will. Thank you so much. Yes. We'll chat soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Take myself, take my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.